Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Pucks a Trendy Phil, because it's Groundhog's Day, uh, and that is the short show title. I'm Jack, and I'm thrilled to be joined by super producer Becca Ramos. Woohoo, hello. Hello. Um, woohoo, hello. The Becca <laughs> Ramos catchphrase. Um, what's going on, Becca? How are you doing? I'm great. It is the second day of Black History Month. I will remind every day that I am on this podcast of February. Yeah, and yeah. also, it's my best friend's birthday. Happy birthday, Fissy. Woo! Wow. February 2nd. A lot of good, lot of good February birthdays in my Aquarius family. Aquarius season. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, it is Groundhog's Day. Uh, so, I'm sure most people are just tuning in to find out uh, what happened, did the groundhog see their shadow i'm not going to do a drum roll but why you you <laughs> looked it up you found out for us right yes and it is that he did see his shadow or they we what is i don't know what the gender of a groundhog is but yeah. um the shadow is seen and that means six more weeks of winter but as we were discussing off the pod what does that even you know how do we gauge that like why is it that if they saw their shadow, it would be six more weeks? Because in theory, wouldn't it mean it's a sunny day and that we yeah. would have more sunshine? Lots right. of questions around the lore of what it means to see the shadow on Groundhog's Day. Yeah, this is a good reminder of a couple of things. First of all, history was like cripplingly boring. Like there <laughs> was a time when... Uh, it was just so boring that like your brain was at that point on the verge right between like before you're about to fall asleep and then like uh, something like crosses your mind and you write it down and then later look at it and it's complete nonsense. Like that feels like <laughs> just what the entire human civilization was going through for a while there. And also I think just looking for an excuse to get drunk in a field around animals. I think they, this was brought over to America by German immigrants. And yeah, I don't know. I've had pets. I've never noticed them noticing their shadow before. I've, I've seen them like react to their reflection. That's a thing <laughs> that animals do. A shadow is not a thing I've ever seen. I also like it could, it's entirely possible. Like I have three dog and three bird, one um, hermit crab <laughs> sample size. So maybe those animals are just way dumber than groundhogs and groundhogs are just like performative little, you know, they let, they love to get out there and do, do a big thing. But I can't imagine a reality where the groundhog knows that they are noticing their shadow. Yeah. I want to read this tweet from the USDA forest service. Uh, it was quite funny. And I think just feeds into what you were saying, Jack, about how like, it's all a bunch of hooey history was boring and we needed stuff to make it fun. But it says, I cannot pronounce this Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney Phil saw his shadow this morning, meaning six more weeks of winter, but we're not sure we trust him. He's always been kind of shady. Okay. Ah. So maybe a groundhog's not a great prognosticator, but you might run across one on your national forest. Hashtag groundhog. Okay. So one on go. your national forests, huh? That that is that tweet is perfect. Perfectly encapsulates the type of person who's like into Groundhog's Day, yeah. Who, who like makes really bad puns as a habit, and yeah, it's just you know the person in the office who like that sounds 
pitch perfect encapsulation of the voice of the person who's really into Groundhog's Day or other <laughs> bullshit holidays. Um, anyways, shout out to uh, people who are into that. I know. Shout out to the Groundhogs and Groundhog's Day. Yes. And also, I, I do like that movie. It's a good movie. Bad holiday. <laughs> Jackass Forever. Speaking of good movies, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but people <laughs> are pumped. People are psyched. Uh, the new Jackass movie comes out in theaters. I believe it's this weekend. And this is the first live action major studio theatrical comedy in two years. Wow. That like they just gave up. They're just like, yeah, no, it's no comedy movies make a billion dollars so why well, isn't it just like done. like the oscar circuit this year generally like it's all kind of wonky because so many movies just like delayed releases over the past two years because of covid it's kind of interesting to see what's coming out now what they've been holding on to since 2019 yeah, yeah. i mean i'm curious do you I feel think like this I... might win an oscar is that why you're no no, no. <laughs> i was thinking of Cinema at large, uh, Jackass. I don't know if um, it's quite the Oscar uh, audience contender, but yeah, I you know I feel like I saw Jackass back in the day. Uh, I have a brother, you know, he has friends. They love that kind of stuff. So I'll probably go see it. Why not? Yeah, I'm not like as into it as a lot of people, but I did. I. I am old enough to remember when they were just like skate videos that were going viral. Like when yeah. I was in high school, I visited a friend in Chicago and he had like literally VHSs that he showed me <laughs> that were like Johnny Knoxville, like fucking around on skateboards and like they were cool and they, they were very funny. And, but like, I don't know. I, I, I it's not a thing that I need to see like on yeah. a giant screen, but I guess, you know, comedy is always fun to see with other people. Agreed. So, yeah. Uh, Texas book ban. What's happening? Where they're, they're banning more books? Banning more books. It is very much a thing of that conversation with critical race theory. And I think very, how do I say this? White sheltered parents afraid of their kids learning something outside of the purview of what's going on in their home. So, Texas is banning preemptively books that they're worried that uh, lots of parents are going to be mad about, specifically like Judy Bloom books, specifically right. uh, LGBTQ focused stories, stories that talk about sex or race, all really important topics for kids to have space to explore on their own. Just like I know I needed to read some coming of age books for me to like understand what was going on in my life and just, you know, have an escape from the day to day. And it's just kind of crazy that this is a headline, the Texas book ban. Cause in my curriculum, I grew up in Texas. I went to school in public schools in Texas and I don't even feel like there was enough books about queer theory or race already. So I can't imagine how worse it can get um, right. with book bans. So, I mean, knowing the audience they're trying to reach be like th this is news to me that judy bloom wrote books that contained cool shit like yeah. <laughs> race and sex and lgbtq uh characters and this would have been 
the first time that I was interested in reading a Judy Bloom book. And I'm assuming that's like most teenagers, right? Like this doesn't, this isn't a successful uh, strategy that they're going worth with. No. And I wonder, there wasn't too much on the story yet. This is still very much a budding story, but I wonder if it's the curriculum that is pulling books or if it's just generally libraries pulling any books that have like sex or queer conversations or anything like that. Right. Cause a lot of kids can just go to their school library without it being something that they need to get for class and go get a book. It's a great, resource to get free books and i'm wondering if they're just like parents are writing into schools being like i my child out of their own free will went to the library and rented this book and i don't like that they brought home this book it makes me uncomfortable i want it pulled from the library so i'm curious if that's what's going on too because if so that's like super messed up because kids deserve to have access to you know education (laughs) and you know, uh, different experiences that are outside of their, you know, normal everyday purview. I know my mom is dealing with this stuff in her own classroom. She's a Spanish teacher in Texas and she has been, you know, facing strife with her own curriculum about talking about race in her own classroom, which is a Spanish based class. So. Right. Yeah. Can't just Spanish, purely Spanish. No mention of any cultural. We only uh, talk about Spain. (laughs) We only talk about Spaniard Spanish. Um, all right. Well, uh, this is the first time that I've ever heard that maybe cancel culture is out of control. Uh, <laughs> it's just they're canceling the important works of art, not Joe Rogan, unfortunately. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And um, there's this like Jeff Zucker story. He was the head of NBC during like a bunch of their, you know, must-see TV era with like Friends and Seinfeld. And then he took over CNN and he just stepped down. And his explanation is, as part of the investigation into Chris Cuomo's tenure. Sorry, I get choked up when I talk about Jeff leaving. (laughs) He's just a good friend. Uh, As part of the investigation into Chris Cuomo's tenure at CNN, I was asked about a consensual relationship with my closest colleague, someone I've worked with for more than 20 years. I acknowledge the relationship evolved in recent years. I was required to disclose it when it began, but I didn't. I was wrong. And therefore, I'm stepping down. And I don't know. This strikes me as not the real reason. Yeah, that uh, I don't. <laughs> Me think. too is trending again because of the story. As we were, you know, researching Jack, I noticed that. So, you know, I feel like there's more to it. It feels like if it was a consensual relationship between colleagues, why would you be stepping down? Right, that evolved in recent years. Uh, and and just for like a little extra tea, even though this does, also doesn't seem like it rises to the level of this person needing to uh, step down immediately. But uh, Katie Couric, uh, who re- released a recent memoir that was all sorts of problematic, but did um, mm-hmm. she did not guard herself uh, in some cases, unfortunately. But uh, in other cases, uh, we get stuff like this. So when she was launching her Today Show. Uh, career um zucker pressed her to hire gullust 
the colleague that he was having an affair with to oversee publicity. And Katie Couric wrote, I had to wonder why Jeff was angling so hard to bring Allison on board. She and her husband and kids had moved into the apartment right above Jeff and his then wife, Karen's. Everyone who heard about their cozy arrangement thought it was super strange. So just, it might not have only evolved in the last couple of years, uh, according to Katie Couric, who loves to talk that shit. Let's see. So some people are, I, I don't know the last time we talked about the Rogan thing, but some people are pulling their podcasts off Spotify. Mary Trump, Roxanne Gay, uh, both took their shows off Spotify to protest Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation. We'll, we'll see if this changes any, anything about Spotify's approach. But yeah, I mean, it's been trending for a little bit on Twitter, the cancel Spotify, you know, I think anecdotally we've talked around, um, the office about people moving off of Spotify. I personally, it's going to take me a little bit to divorce from them. I should, but that bundle really got a chokehold on me, the Hulu Spotify bundle. Uh, so yeah, it's, oh, right. it's good to see, you know, there's actual movement though. You know, I was kind of worried like many things with Joe Rogan that it was just going to be another thing swept under the rug that uh, people are like, okay, well he's doing misinformation, but, it's corporate America, capitalism. What are we going to do? But yeah. it seems like a lot of people are really taking a stand with Spotify, and that's awesome. Tesla is trending for a number of reasons. So some Tesla drivers say they're experiencing an increase in phantom braking uh, in which their cars make random jolting stops because they misinterpret hazards like trash on the road trucks in nearby lanes, oncoming traffic on two-lane roads, and so they have filed complaints with uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Uh, We have something on our... We have an SUV, and it has, like, a thing where when you're backing up, if there's a car, like, anywhere in the hemisphere behind you, like, it will slam on the brakes, and it is very startling... Um, I can't imagine that happening on the fucking highway. That would be a true nightmare. I mean, I was driving a rental car in December and it was one of those like with, um, it was buttons for the gear shift instead of like an actual gear shift. And I accidentally pressed neutral, um, instead, uh, I don't even know what I was trying to do, but it stopped the car in the middle of the road. And that was terrifying. So I can't imagine if without my own prompting of accidental error, the car just stopped in the middle road. That is horrifying. Yeah. They seem to be really intent on turning people against like self-driving technology because they also introed full self-driving, but then the cars didn't fully stop at stop signs. They (laughs) would like do uh, little rolling rolling stops, which like we've all done it. We all, but like that, that's a weird thing to program into your car especially because you like, can still get pulled over for that i have been in my yeah. own neighborhood many you know as a young driver in my own you know suburban area rolled a stop sign and had a cop immediately pull me over so you know if your car's just doing that yeah that's not great like i didn't i don't know but that does give us an excuse now yeah uh, like, Hi, the car <laughs> wouldn't stop the car it's a tesla um <laughs> Also, also on the on the Tesla front, a German teenager uh, says he found a vulnerability in an app installed in 
some Teslas, which allowed him to unlock doors, flash headlights and blast music. Um, the, so yeah, it's basically, so it's not a app made by Tesla. It's a third party app that many Tesla owners use to analyze data from their vehicle using a security vulnerability. He was able to access 25 Teslas that use the app. He did not have access to steering, braking or acceleration, uh, which, uh, the article notes could be especially dangerous. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I, it would be weird to have somebody be able to start unlocking and locking your door, flash your headlights and blast music and flashing your headlights is a real one, but flashing headlights also presumably means they could turn off your headlights while you're driving, which not great. Not um, good. I'm going to say not good. I'm going to, where do you weigh <laughs> in on this one, Becca? I weigh what do you in think? as really not good. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you definitely hear a lot of people be like the Tesla is a super cool product and like say what you want about Elon Musk, but like he does not have a very good attention to detail or like mm-hmm. an ability to cope with inconvenient like details. And that's yeah very scary. I wouldn't want to fly on one of his rockets. I don't think I'd <laughs> want to fly on any of them, but like he definitely seems like Especially the type of person who'd be like, we need yeah. to hit this deadline. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, those are the things that are trending on this Wednesday. Um, we are back tomorrow with a whole ass episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining Becca. Where can people find you and follow you? You can find me uh, at Bex, B-E-C-C-S, Ramos, R-A-M-O-S, at Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, but I will say I'm only active on Instagram. So find me on the little ones, but you're probably not going to find much. <laughs> Instagram. Cool. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us. We are back tomorrow, uh, like I said before. Um, and until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Get the vaccine. Wear a fucking mask, maybe. Uh, don't do nothing about white supremacy. And we will talk to y'all tomorrow. Bye. Bye.